What is the historical background of Thanksgiving? How do we prepare for Thanksgiving with our families? And why is it sometimes hard to keep Christ at the center of our holidays? How do you welcome the Lord to your Christmas holiday season? Join us today as I interview Bill Thrasher, the author of Putting God Back in the Holidays. Celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, birthdays, and 12 other special occasions with purpose. Bill and his wife, Penny, are frequent speakers for churches and retreats throughout the United States. He's the author of several books, including A Journey to Victorious Praying. They live in Chicago and have three sons. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks, Bill, for being my guest today on Family Shield. It's a delight to be with you. Well, thank you. So why did you write this book? You know, as I was a, a student, I noticed this in my life, uh, is that uh, not that I didn't have a, a wonderful family or whatever. We weren't, um, we were somewhat of an uninformed Christian family. But as I noticed this as a student, that uh, my holiday times were break times. And if I charted my spiritual life, those holiday times would have been more of a valley than a peak. Um, when I since after I finished college and I since God's called me in the ministry and I went to seminary and went the doctoral program and I since God leading me uh, to be a professor, um, which I resisted at first. I thought I'd be a pastor or a missionary, but God led me to be a professor, and I began keeping just ideas of things that I would do if God ever opened that door. And one was to prepare my students for the holidays, to prepare them. For the spiritually for the holidays and and I've been a professor now I'm in my 44th year and for every, the last semester last class of every fall semester I always lecture about how to prepare yourself spiritually for the holidays I've done it to many other groups too um, because I'm not trying to give them ten more things to do in the holidays. Um, that would not be a book that I would think would be encouraging. And we all have different situations, but I have noticed that there is a special spiritual battle around the holidays. You know, the holidays, in some ways, do have a spiritual root, uh, almost all of them. And you'll notice there in regard to my book and the two we focus on today, Thanksgiving, if God is the author of every good and perfect gift, certainly the attention is drawn to him, Christmas, even in all of its godliness in our culture, it's still a celebration of Christ's birth. And so Satan hates Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he obviously uh, have a special battle with those who represent, truly represent him. I think another thing about the battle of the holidays is most of us enter into this time of year very tired and depleted. Mm-hmm. And that always makes it a little bit harder. Uh, I, think, uh, I think sometimes people think that also the holidays... Uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas almost exalt, at least in their mind, exalt an unattainable ideal. And so if there's been any brokenness or separation or uh, divorce or death, it just highlights that. And it makes it very, very difficult, uh, that painful experience. So there are many reasons. There, Those are some of the reasons there's a battle. I think if it took me a while to also, sometimes we enter into this period with certain expectations. It took me a while to realize it was very unconscious. But I think I entered in these, this time saying, God, I deserve a break. I'm tired. And I would almost resent the things that came between me and that break. 
Um, sometimes we're just not content with our role. You know, sometimes a person says, read the book. Yeah, I'd love to put God in the holidays, but boy, that the, the family I celebrate with and my extended family, man, they, they don't want to put God back in the holidays. And so really embracing our role, how to be a light. And there's even sometimes a suffering when we're around those that don't fully understand us. Yes. So that's a long answer to why I wrote the book. I wanted for Christ to enter in and help anyone, whatever their situation may be, whether they have the most glorious holidays or the most painful, Christ wants to come in there and be a part of it. That's great. That's great. And uh, you mentioned uh, the experience of the battle around the holidays, and I was thinking prior to the program, just some of the things, just the busyness of all the extra things we do during the holidays, Christmas cards, Christmas decorations, and cookies, and things that we, a lot of times, become precious memories, but they Mm -hmm. can stress people out, and then we have to make sure we have all those presents, we have to get out and buy them, and then we have holiday activities with others, and we have family conflict, you know, that was brought up to me this week uh, with one of our uh, people that we were serving, that sometimes the holidays, when you get together with your families, can be difficult just because there's conflict in that family. Everybody doesn't get along. And uh, so, you know, you, you're you right. I mean, uh, Satan is, is always there, and uh, we just need to look to Christ and forgive others. But uh, right. just make a comment about some of those things I said about the busyness of the holidays. Well, certainly, the the hurry and the rush. Um, you know, you'll, you'll I'll talk about in regard to our Christmas how we welcome the Lord to the holidays, and how um, a passage that drew my attention uh, in Luke ten when Martha did the right thing, she welcomed Christ into our home, and we do have a special time beginning of the holidays to welcome Christ into our home and talk to Him and. We have a, a special dinner, and we have our finest china out. We have an empty place setting. I've done this since my boys were very, very small, and now they're grown. And they would just talk to the Lord. He's at every dinner table. But, you know, we in a special way are welcoming. But it says that's what Martha did right. She welcomed Christ to our holidays. But, I mean, she welcomed Christ to our home there, and we're welcoming him to the holiday. But it says she was distracted with all her preparations. And that's exactly what you're saying. Absolutely. Sometimes yes. That sounds like the Christmas to me. It's yep. not a Christmas yep. passage. But right. they were distracted um, with all their preparations. Right. Getting all that stuff done can be extremely stressful, even for the best of Christians, you bet. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's uh, talk for a little bit about Thanksgiving. Uh, briefly describe the historical background of Thanksgiving. Well, you know, the uh, we have a rich heritage in regard to, uh, to our nation. Uh, Governor Bradford, uh, he had come over on the Mayflower, uh, and it was in a time of great hardship that he declared, you know, uh, a day of Thanksgiving. He, his first wife had died. She had fallen overboard and drowned. Um, and so they'd gone through much challenge. But he declared a, a, a day of Thanksgiving uh, to Almighty God. Uh, it's a... Uh, three years earlier, they had had a three-day Thanksgiving feast with them and the Native Americans who joined them. And even our nation, you know, and I put there in the book, George Washington's proclamation, Thanksgiving proclamation, Abraham Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation. We used to read that every Thanksgiving day. You can see that in the book. Uh, So it's a rich heritage to stop and give thanks to God. Uh, it's one of the, uh, to me, Thanksgiving is perhaps my favorite holiday for that very reason. 
Yeah, it is a wonderful holiday. It's one of our favorites, too. And I think to some extent, that's because we don't have all the preparation of all the things we have to do at Christmas. It's usually just family and friends uh, sharing a meal together. And yeah, you have to prepare that meal. I usually am the one that has done Thanksgiving at my home, but it still isn't anything like uh, some of the right. other ones. And it's, it's, it's just more uncluttered. It's more. Un- oh, that's a good way to say it. More uncluttered mm-hmm. and relaxing. And uh, everybody enjoys the good food and fellowship. So anything else related to the historical background of Thanksgiving that we should talk about before we move on? I think we can move on or whatever, you know, but you may want to read those proclamations. Yeah. That was a, that's been a big part of our of our Thanksgiving. It sounds like a fundamentalist preacher when you hear, read Abraham Lincoln's declaring a day of Thanksgiving is a beautiful statement. Yeah, that's wonderful. So uh, Thanksgiving is not a religious holiday, but the Bible says a lot to us in his word about being thankful to the Lord and to others. So why is it important that we prepare for Thanksgiving, and how do we do this with our families? Um, Thanksgiving is one of our greatest weapons in our spiritual warfare. God inhabits the praises of his people. Uh, It gives us perspective that uh, there's many, many other advantages to it. I give a seven-day project that one can do, and it's very unburdensome. I've given it to people of all ages, even from children to adults. And it'll just give a simple little project each day. There are things like just list your family members and what before God. Can you thank God for them? Uh, then expand it beyond your family members. In fact, I just did that this morning as I was preparing for this. You know, I, I wrote a note to my barber, uh, and I thank God for him and um, gave him a little heaven track. You know, the, uh, But I do thank God for him. For my doctor, I thank God for him, for certain friends or whatever, for my TA. But just, and that's it. one day, it's just okay. Have I, if I thank God for him, have I ever personally thanked them? Mm-hmm. So I sent some texts and wrote some notes. And so that's one thing you can do. You know, the idea of, you know, quite frankly, every day of my life, I, for years, I've just tried to close that day with the concept of every good and perfect gift comes from above. What good and perfect gifts do I just need to pause? and thank God for today. You know, when you really see it from the perspective of this, too, if I were getting what I deserve today, I would be in hell. We've all deserved God's judgment. But everything I receive other than that is due to God's grace. And so every good and perfect gift comes from a hymn. In fact, one of the days is just to carry around in you uh, the the verse, in everything give thanks. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, a person was doing that one day, and they were brushing their teeth. Said, "Lord, I've never thanked you for my toothbrush." <laughs> they kept brushing their teeth. "Lord, I've never thanked you for my teeth." <laughs> so, uh, the idea of and everything give thanks. And the, the final day, that's sort of a climactic, is the idea of thank God for the particularly difficult things in life, for the things that have been really challenging, and you do it from the framework. Okay, God, you're sovereign, and God, you're good. And God, everything that comes from God is good. Now, other things, God can overrule the evil that he's allowed in our life for our good and his glory. So anyhow, that project of preparing your heart for Thanksgiving, thanking others, thanking the Lord, uh, meditating on and everything, give thanks. One person recently said, you know, what, what does he want printed on his tombstone? He says, I want it to be just in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That's a wonderful way to live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. And it's so important that we do those things. I love that you had taken time to write text or write thank you notes or just tell them in person how much uh, 
Amen. You appreciate them. And that's something very simple that everybody can do. Mm-hmm. And we can teach our children how to do that as well, you know, that we want to get them involved in being thankful uh, and, and asking them, who you know, who should you thank and then help them. Maybe make little mm-hmm. cards for the Sunday school teacher or others that uh, that serve them. That's that's great. Um, so what do you and your family do at Thanksgiving well, you know, the, 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 always the biggest part of just being with family, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times we've done various things in regard to, uh, I used to keep a Jehovah Jireh file. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. And there are times that I would just read, in a sense, some of God's provisions for that year. Um, we used to write a Thrasher Thanksgiving, uh, you know, because Christmas letters, so many in lieu of Christmas cards, oh. we write this Thrasher Thanksgiving. Yeah. So that's one thing we would do. But I, I really just really enjoy being with God's people and my family. Now, we used to host a large gathering or whatever, you know, when our children went beyond people, but some people that didn't have a place to come. Um, so Thanksgiving now differs. Now I've got two of my three sons are married, and, and so we'll probably spend it with one of them, you know. And then my son that's not married, he'll be with us, and we'll be with them. And with their different geographies, so we can't always be together. Mm-hmm. But uh, being together is just a very, very special time. It really is. It really is. Well, I want to make a few announcements, and then we'll come back, and we'll start talking a little bit about Christmas and how we can bring God into our Christmas celebration. Family Shield Ministries cares about families growing in Christ and equips them to witness to each other and to the world. The Family Shield radio program is aired on up to 50 stations throughout the United States, and our podcast is heard on many podcast platforms. Family Shield also coordinates additional educational and evangelism services. This now includes Faith Family Reunion that serves parents with prodigals. Prodigals are adult children that grew up in the faith but have stopped attending church or who have left the faith. We merged with Faith Family Reunion in March of 2023. Family Shield Ministries is self-supporting and a listener-funded ministry. We depend upon your prayer, support, generosity, and sacrifice to allow us to share the gospel with those who do not know him and equip Christians to serve and witness. Please pray for us, mail a donation, or give a one-time gift or a monthly gift at our website, www.familyshieldministries.org. Now, I want to continue talking with Bill Thrasher. Again, his book, Putting God Back into the Holidays. And it doesn't just talk about Thanksgiving and Christmas. You have a whole list, Thanksgiving, Easter, birthdays, and 12 other special occasions with purpose. I don't know that we'll have time to get to all those, but I just wanted to again mention to our listeners that this is a great book and has lots of good suggestions. I do want to ask you right now, though, before we go back to our discussion, if you could tell people where they can get a copy of your book. My personal website is www.victoriouspraying.com, and if you click on books, you can scroll down to the various books I've written, and you can scroll down to this book, and it will give you a link to order it from Amazon. You also can go to www.moodypublishers.com who publish the book. So either one of those places would be a way to secure the book, uh, Putting God Back in the Holidays. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, all of our guests that have books will also get put into our recommended books on our website so that his book will be listed there and it stays there. It never goes off. So just so they know that and then they could get a little more information. 
How do you welcome the Lord to your Christmas holiday season? Well, you know, we have done this for many years. We have a um, uh, a special dinner uh, with our family, um, and we put out our best china, and we have an empty place setting for our Lord at the table. The origin of this tradition I got from, uh, uh, as I was reading the last verses of Luke 10, it's when, now, Martha, we usually, you know, she this is what she did right. She welcomed him into her home. And so it's a time of, and now she didn't enjoy the visit uh, because she was too frantic, but she welcomed Christ into her home. So we welcome Christ into our holidays. And, and they're at the table, um, and the boys were very small when this happened, so it was very graphic to just picture, of course, he's at every table, he's everywhere. But we talked to him about our holiday plans. And uh, we ask him, God, these are our plans. We want you to be a part of it. Uh, you show us if there's anything you need that you want to change uh, or whatever's going on in our life that time. I remember the first holiday we were not going to have my, my father-in-law, my uh, son's uh, grandfather, because uh, he had gone to be with the Lord. Uh, we talked to him, uh, Lord, this is, we're going to really miss him. Uh, he's always been a big part of Christmas. And so I felt like at that table, God gave us an idea. Well, let's don't let's talk about the elephants going to be in the room. Let's uh, let's just have our favorite daddy is what my boys called their grandfather. Let's have our favorite daddy moment. And so they would talk about uh, childhood memories with their grandfather. And so, but anyhow, that's where we welcome the Lord in the holidays, um, saying we want to enjoy Him. And our goal is to be attentive to Him during the holidays. Um, and that's our most important goal, uh, to enhance our relationship with him. If you go on the holiday, if that happens, you've had a successful holiday. Say, Lord, enhance my relationship with you. Now, there are other things also we trust God for during the holidays. But that's the first one, to enhance your relationship with the Lord. That's great. That's great. So what is the most important goal for this holiday? Well, I would say it is, as I mentioned, to enhance your relationship with Christ. Now, that enhancing your relationship with Christ would be... God, you don't you don't seek God in a vacuum. There's usually some need in your life, and so you say, Lord, is there some burden that I need you to trust you for for this holiday? Uh, is there anything between me and that uh, being obedient to that verse, casting all your cares upon Him? You know, other things I would say important. Go, I trust God to give me rest and refreshment. He's the only one that can do that. Uh, I, we also trust Him, Lord. Would you show us how you own us? to be a vessel of love to others. Christ, you came not to be served, but to serve. And so we're not putting any expectation on anybody. We're just saying, God, what would you lay on our heart? There are times that we have on a few occasions with our extended family, we've gone to a nursing home. People that are at a nursing home on a Christmas day are really alone or they'd be somewhere else. And so uh, we've, we've, we've done that. We've done other various things. Whatever God would put upon your heart. The uh, we, You know, sometimes you know certain things have tripped you up in the holidays. So I just say, your goal is, okay, Lord, would you prepare me for this sort of special battle, this special temptation? Um, and I also, during the holidays, I, I'm asking him to God show me what he wants me to trust him for for that following year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I list some of those in regard to uh, things that I've done over the years in regard to things to trust him for. What do you want me to believe you for for this upcoming year? So those are things that can make uh, even uh, have a spiritual experience in the midst of the holidays, even in the midst of your battle. Wonderful. Good advice. So uh, one of the things I loved about your book is the story of the white envelope. 
And yes. I wondered if you could share with our listeners what that was. And then, you know, what I'd love to do is encourage them to consider doing something like that in their family. Right. I just feel like good traditions, especially Christ-centered traditions, are something that we should encourage. So tell our listeners about the story of the white envelope. I would be glad to. And this came from a dear lady who, she says, it all began because my husband, Mike, hated Christmas. So not the true meaning of Christmas, she says, but the commercial aspects of it, the overspending, the frantic running around at the last minute to get some sort of gift. Knowing he felt this way, I decided one year to bypass the usual shirts and sweaters and ties and so forth. I reached for something special just for him. The inspiration had come in an unusual way. Our son, Kevin, who was 12 that year, was wrestling at the junior level at the school he attended. And shortly before Christmas, there was a non-league match against a team sponsored by an inner-city church. These youngsters, dressed in sneakers so ragged that shoestrings seemed to be the only thing holding them together, presented a sharp contrast to our boys in their spiffy blue and gold uniforms and sparkly new wrestling shoes. As the match began, I was alarmed to see the other team was wrestling without headgear, a kind of light helmet designed to protect the wrestlers' ears. It was a luxury the rag team team obviously could not afford. Well, we ended up wallowing them. We took every weight class, and as each of their boys got up from the mat, he swaggered around in his tatters with false bravado, the kind of street pride that couldn't acknowledge defeat. Well, seated, Mike, who was seated beside me, shook his head. I just wish one of them could have won. They have a lot of potential. Losing like this could take the heart out of them. Mike loved kids. He loved all kids. He knew them having coached Little League football and basketball and lacrosse. That's when the idea from a president came. That afternoon, I went to a local sporting goods store and bought an assortment of wrestling headgear and shoes and sent them anonymously to the inner city church. I placed an envelope on the tree, the note inside that Christmas, telling Mike what I had done, and that was his gift from me. His smile was the brightest thing about Christmas that year and in succeeding years. For each Christmas, I followed the tradition one year, sending a group of mentally handicapped youngsters to a hockey game. Another year, I checked to a pair of elderly brothers whose home had burned down the week before and on and on. The envelope became the highlight of our Christmas. It was always the last thing opened on Christmas morning, and our children, ignoring their new toys, would stand with wide-eyed anticipation as their dad lifted the envelope from the tree to reveal its contents. As the children grow, the toys gave way to more practical presents, but the envelope never lost its allure. The story doesn't end there. You see, we lost Mike last year, as she writes this, due to dreaded cancer. When Christmas rolled around, I was still so wrapped up in grief, I barely got the tree up. But Christmas Eve found me placing an envelope on the tree, and in the morning, it was joined by three more. Each of our children, unbeknownst to the others, had placed an envelope on the tree for their dad. The tradition has grown and someday will expand even further with our grandchildren standing around the tree with wide-eyed anticipation watching as their fathers take down the envelope. Mike's spirit, like the Christmas spirit, will always be with us. Well, that story was an inspiration to me. We do have not a white envelope, but one of the things all of us seek to prepare is what are we giving to Jesus this year? It's his birthday. Mm-hmm. What gift do we want to give him? And, and I will write that down and remind each other the following year what we gave him last year. Uh, you know, my wife wouldn't say, I would like to just my gift this year is to put more music into our home. I remember a young one of his... One of my sons says, I want to have a, bet, a better spiritual investment in my younger brother. Uh, one says, I want to be less quarrelsome with my brother. You know, that's unquestionably, I'm not a great gift giver, but those unquestionably is the highlight 
of our Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I pray that God would enable us to do it more and more with greater, greater meaning. And I pray even God's blessing upon that for our life this Christmas and for everyone that would be listening to us. I pray God would overwhelm them and God would lay on their heart how to be a vessel of love to others as well. I think it's just a great uh, story. And thank you so much for sharing that. It's in your book. And I just want to encourage our listeners to consider doing something like that with that wife, mm-hmm. that that original uh, part of the story. She uh, did something nice for someone that needed help, right. and she found right. many ways to do that. But then she didn't tell her husband. She put it in the tree, and that was his gift for that year. And then, you know, after he died, the kids were doing that, and they were opening the envelope. And you don't have to do it exactly the same way as you said. You know, there's different ways to do that. But just to be thinking about throughout the year what you might do to surprise a dad or grandpa. Maybe they don't need gifts anymore, but something that would touch their heart that includes service to others and, and, and yeah. being uh, Christ-like in what we do. Very good. I love that story. Now, we have two minutes left. Uh, uh, Bill, if you could just share anything else you want our listeners to know in the, in the next uh, uh, minute and a half. Certainly. Well, I would just say to learn to prayerfully enter each holiday as an opportunity. We're not putting additional expectations on sometimes lives that are already too busy, but just to, and sometimes it may be just eliminating certain things. You know, when our children were small and we would also go to various family gatherings on Christmas and sort of rushing around and having to prepare dinner, we chose a day before the actual Christmas day just to have a time that we wouldn't answer the phone, we would just be still, we'd just be quiet to enjoy the Lord and enjoy each other. So uh, we don't do that now, but that was very necessary at one time because it seems like it was just too hectic in regard to that day. So may God give each of you the wisdom to just to know how to welcome the Lord in your heart. He understands your situation. Uh, like I say, we all have different situations, and uh, some are are very challenging or whatever. You, some of you need very special support because you may be the only light there in your Christmas gathering. Um, and some can have just the opposite experience with that. But whatever your is, God understands you, your situation. And he wants to enter into that and put meaning and love and encouragement into your holiday. Thank you so much. Again, uh, his book, Putting God Back in the Holidays, Celebrating Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, Birthdays, and 12 Other Special Occasions with Purpose. Bill Thrasher is the author. And again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield Ministries. Uh, To learn more about us, go to our website at www.familyshieldministries.org. We hope that you will have a wonderful Thanksgiving and Christmas, and that you will think about how you can put God back into other holidays as well. Pick up his book. You'll learn some other great ideas. Thank you for listening. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in his word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. 
and tune in again next week for Family Shield.